0: Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hey, hey, you guys, it's Kate Warman, and welcome back to the Heart of Dating podcast. I just have to call myself out for a second because I have a little bit of a cold and I sound a little nasally, okay? So when I recorded this episode with JJ, I was not feeling sick, but recording the intro and the mid-roll today, I do sound a little sick, so just wanted you to know that, all right? All right. Hey, I am so excited for the episode this week. Last week, we talked about triggers and trauma. And this week, we're going to be tagging right along on top of that episode, talking about fighting fair and navigating conflict in a relationship. There is a myth out there that a perfect Christian couple doesn't have any conflict. Sometimes you look at these leaders or these pastors and you think, oh my gosh, they just get along so well together, but they have no conflict. That is what a true godly marriage looks like. No conflict. Y'all, that just ain't true. Okay. It's not about having no conflict. It's about figuring out who you want to do conflict with well and consistently fighting for making conflict be healthy in your relationship so that it's not this long drawn out horrible thing between you and the most important part about that is figuring out how to come back to knowing always that you are a team. JJ and I have actually had a lot of conflict in our dating relationship and especially in our engagement. It's brought up some things that are just difficult. I mean, you're combining lives with someone. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that we've had zero conflict. It's just not the case. But something that we have been committed to within the conflict is figuring out how to fight fair and fight well, and also figuring out how to come back to being a team consistently, not trying to throw arrows at one another, but instead stand on the same line and turn towards the problem and then knock the problem out instead of knocking one another out. So that's a big theme of the episode today. If you are going through conflict in your dating relationship it is okay there's a certain level of conflict that's okay but if you are feeling stuck in it we want to help you today through this episode to learn how to fight better how to fight fair and how to get back on the same team Listen, you're dealing with somebody who's totally different from you. They have different ways of communicating. They have different modeling of how love was through their parents. They saw their probably their parents fight in certain ways or completely avoid conflict altogether. And so because of that, the person you're with is often bringing a lot of those different modeling into your relationship. And so you guys have to learn one another. And so some times there is conflict. And that's just a part of getting to know someone totally different from yourself. All right. So today, JJ and I are getting real honest and vulnerable about what we've learned and finding safe space in our relationship and learning how to fight fair and even the non-negotiables that we put in place in our fighting. All right, guys, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, or this is one of your first times ever listening and tuning in, I want to just encourage you, would you do us a favor? Would you rank us and review us over on iTunes? Believe it or not, that actually helps us a lot. So if you've gleaned anything from our recent episodes and you've never written a review before, if you're brand new here, encourage you to review us and rank us on iTunes. Also, if you didn't know, we're doing this podcast now on YouTube, so you could actually watch JJ and I interact in these conversations. I think the podcast on YouTube brings a whole different dynamic. It's so much fun. All right, guys, without further ado, let's get into this episode today with my man, JJ, in Fighting Fair. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back.
1: Welcome, everybody. Wow, that was loud.
0: (laughs) You're loud and in charge. I'm just
1: pumped up to have you guys back.
0: Hey, guys, we're so grateful for all your messages about just showing JJ the love. I'm just saying this because it's been so exciting to see how you guys have loved how the podcast has shifted a little bit this year. And obviously with the addition of JJ and babe, babe, people are loving your perspectives.
1: Yeah. They're like the first people I've met. So (laughs) no, I'm kidding. I really appreciate uh, the messages and the encouragement. I think it's been really fun to just kind of walk in in the doors that God has so clearly opened for us. Yeah, And it's been just so life-giving to read the feedback of how this hits home for you guys. And so we're happy to do this. And we, we love serving you guys and yeah. it's so much fun.
0: We were in church today, just like, I was like, this is such a gift. Like what an honor it is to serve you guys through Heart of Dating. We just wrapped up or closed the door for our program, School of Dating, our mentorship program. And we just, we're praying over the names of every person in the program and we constantly are praying and thinking about how we can best serve Heart of Dating. And it really is such an honor.
1: Yeah, it's uh, we're so thankful yeah. to have your guys' ear, and I don't know, it's been really, really cool to see what you guys are saying, and so go ahead and drop some feedback. I'm personally super excited for this episode. podcast today. Yeah.
0: yeah, this is a work in progress episode, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. we know it well, so that's why well, we're kind of going on the fly.
1: I know, and so it'll be fun to do a follow-up because we're going into marriage like Yeah, we have a pretty good grip on conflict, but we have, you know, fortunately and unfortunately been through a lot of it, so.
0: Yeah. All right. So last week, if you missed it, we talked about triggers and trauma and we talked about what to do when somebody in the relationship has a lot of trauma or has past trauma, whether big Trauma or little trauma, the big T or big little T, t? Little t. Um, and little T trauma is <laughs> JJ. We can't make it through without him laughing about the trauma thing. But the little trauma is like little piled up trauma through life versus big trauma are like big events, like your parents got divorced, you were abused, you were abandoned, you were betrayed, like really horrific big trauma. Someone died suddenly in your life, um, but. Little moments of trauma can also pile up through your life. And so you may. Definitely still have those little moments of trauma that haven't been processed. And therefore, what happens though is through your life, you start, it, they pile on top of one another and you form tendencies to be able to deal with these things. We talked about attachment styles the week before that. And then last week, we talked about triggers and how to really know if you're having a trigger. What are some of the things you can do? What happens in relationships when you're being triggered? And this happens also in dating. You can be triggered in dating, not just in the relationship phase, but Today, we're going to go into conflict, and we're going to talk about fighting fair, and we're going to get real vulnerable because, yeah, this has been a big thing in our relationship. I mean, babe, we've never had any conflict, right? Like, we've never had any, I don't think. Like, what are we going to talk about today?
1: <laughs> I wish.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wish. I don't know. It would be kind of funny. Like, my question would be, would you rather have, like, a perfect um relationship with and no engagement conflict. with yeah. no conflict and then go into marriage and just have it like all kind of house of cards be like oh my gosh yeah or would you rather have you know conflict on the front end really know that this is a not a perfect person and choose to roll with their imperfections and knowing that you know, you're getting better at conflict.
0: It's why I think it's so important to date through like being a relationship through multiple seasons. Mm -hmm. When you, when you don't do that, you sometimes, sometimes people don't have any conflict depending on how vulnerable they're getting, depending on how like infatuated they have been, depending how long their engagement has or their relationship has Mm -hmm. been. And there's so many factors actually that I'm going to talk about in a second too. But, you know, If if you get married really quickly and you don't see someone through seasons, through hard things, especially, you may miss conflict I mean, you may think like wow oh we were at small group the other night and remember the small group leaders were talking about how like the our the guy was saying about his now wife he was like oh she was just so chill flexible easygoing like just awesome and then and they didn't have that much conflict and then in marriage he realized wow she is really chill <laughs> flexible easygoing like, and then we
1: got married and, and then
0: f- i realized wait a second she's when I'm upset, she's still chill, flexible, easygoing, doesn't want to talk about it. And now I want to talk about it. Wait (laughs) a second. Those things that were super easy in dating are harder now because I'm, things are more complicated. uh
1: (laughs) And he, you know, he identified, he had a real control trigger that he needed it to be okay. Mm -hmm. So he needed to talk about it instantly. And she needed a little bit of space space and time the process.
0: Well, yeah, I want to get into that modeling, but uh, the first thing I want to ask is, and this comes up a lot is, uh, do you think it's a red flag if a relationship has a lot of conflict early on?
1: It's such a great question. And I think I would need to see a lot more context. Yeah. I would say just like normal conflict, you know, uh, which is hard to identify in the moment. Yeah, Exactly. You know, if you're stuck in chaotic conflict, It's kind of hard to recognize it's chaotic.
0: Yeah. Especially if you grew up in a tumultuous home, like some of my upbringing, there was a lot of fighting, a lot of chaos, a lot. So it was normal. Like that kind of environment is anger fighting. That's very normal for me.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's same here. And so the biggest thing here, especially in dating and early on is do not mistake chaos for connection Mm -hmm. and i think that's where it's so important right to have that board of advisors people who know you and can kind of speak as a third party be like oh yeah like yeah it's pretty normal to get yelled at for wearing your shoes inside like the 10th time you know but if it's like the first time and you're getting like yelled at you know and like you know so it's definitely really nice to have checks and balances and people to kind of hold you but i would say it's really sad to see people mistake chaos for connection right obviously if you work through super deep chaos and conflict and you do resolve it you're going to feel a lot closer Um, Hopefully you're not using like physical tools and sex to like in the reconciliation, reconciliation process, because then you're really going to be bonded. Mm. But um, yeah, I would say don't mistake chaos for connection, but conflict in a relationship. Is normal. Yeah. Like it is normal.
0: And I will say this on the flip side of things, I get sad to see so many people see conflict happening and then they compare themselves to a relationship of two people who seemingly have very little conflict. And then they're like, I can't be in this. Like we have too much conflict. Well, Normal relationships have certain levels of conflict, but you, what you got to keep in mind, and this is what, why it's so important to take ownership of knowing you and your triggers and, and your past and your attachment styles and those wounds, because like there are certain people that are, you could have two secure people that have little conflict because Mm. most of them, because both of them are pretty secure and they don't have a lot of anxious or avoidant or ambivalent leaning attachment wounds. And therefore their conflict is very little to none. Um, you can also have people that have minor anxious woundings or minor avoidant woundings. And it's just, it's minor leaning, but it's not it doesn't come up very much and you can have both parties that have that. So if you're comparing yourself to that and you're in a relationship and you're realizing gosh, things are flaring up, like it's bad to compare yourself to pe- to people who you don't know the full breadth of who they yeah. are, their upbringings, their attachment wounds from both sides and I will just say from my true honesty that you know I used to do that and it used to really make me so fearful of like, oh my gosh. And then I, I started realizing through time, I'm like, wait a second, the people I'm comparing myself are the people who have like very little trauma in their background. They're very different. Everything, it looks mm-hmm. very opposite from my upbringing. So while I'm not going, I do, I always want to get better in the conflict I am having, It there's a scale that like, if I have conflict, okay, that's not necessarily bad. It's how we're learning and growing through it, right? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that is and that's so much more in depth than I would just say, you know, you hear don't compare yourself to other couples mm-hmm. in some ways. And that's a much more in depth way to look at it is just like their stories, their trauma, their attachment style is mm-hmm. so different. So you can't compare. Yeah. Right. It's like there's so many different combinations. And the other thing is, you know, the reality is if you're in a relationship with another human being who is imperfect, mm-hmm. inherently selfish, and just as you know, not fully sanctified on earth, like there's gonna be some sort of conflict. Yeah. It's secure couples, maybe can just work through it a little bit more easily mm-hmm. or quickly. Yeah. And that's really what it boils down to. Like they still have it, they just. Can resolve it much more quickly.
0: Yeah, and this is also in the beginning. Like if you are also comparing yourself to a couple who's been married for five years and have worked this stuff out, like of course. Yeah. So it's again so important to know yourself, start getting to know the person you're with and their story. It does, it's not to say as well, I want to clarify, it's not to say that if you have a lot of trauma in your past and they have a lot of trauma in their past, you absolutely can't be together and and not you can't work things out. Mm-hmm. That's I don't think that's a beautiful picture or a hopeful picture of how God is redeeming. And you can see that all the time. But the key there is if you're, if you recognize that you have trauma and triggers and you're willing to take ownership and start healing or have already started to heal those different layers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we're going to talk about this later, um, in the episode. So just stay around because this is such an important point. Mm because a lot of people hit a plateau yeah. where they're going through the same conflict over and over and the conflict cycle, yeah. which we'll define later conflict cycle is basically the whole cycle of conflict mm. is still taking a very long amount of time. They're not getting better at it. One or both parties is not doing a lot of work to show up better. And so you're just kind of like a, a stalwart, you know, <laughs> um, it's just, it's not really going anywhere. Yeah. You're just kind of stuck on the same conflict.
0: Over and over. Half
1: the relationship is conflict.
0: Well, baby, will you talk about the conflict cycle and like the fact that really that conflict is okay, but what a healthy cycle of it is.
1: Yes. So this is um, a diagram I learned from my therapist. If you guys are listening to the episode, I'm going to write it out on on paper. Yeah. But uh, if you're listening, go look it up on YouTube because this totally changed my definition of conflict. And most importantly, maturity in conflict. Mm. So I'm going to go ahead and write it, um, and I'm going to use Kate to help me. So Kate, when we experience conflict in the conflict cycle, what is typically the first? <laughs> what's the first thing to happen in conflict? Conflict. Yes. So
0: <laughs> some sort of fight. Step one: disagreement. Is
1: conflict. Right. Disagreement. Something misunderstanding. Yes. Whatever. Yeah. Just conflict in every sense of the word. Yeah. What happens next?
0: Mm, you, I don't know. Um, somebody's upset there's an offense
1: yeah the offense is taken and it's most likely a reaction okay there's There's a
0: reaction yeah
1: so i call that like reaction Mm. or acknowledgement Mm -hmm. so like you acknowledge that your feelings are hurt yeah it's aired out right like the dirty laundry has been aired out okay okay ideally what happens next
0: you would talk about it
1: yeah. I like that. You talk about it. You walk through it. So talk.
0: You're putting me on the spot. I don't know this <laughs> model. So
1: you define the conflict. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. the point is everybody should be able to kind of walk through this as a couple or oh, individually. Okay. Right. Yeah. Sorry. And it, it looks a little different for everybody. <laughs> I'm but... like
0: the person that needs to know the formula. I'm like, babe, you should have told
1: me the <laughs> no, formula. <laughs> this is great though. This is really helpful.
0: <gasps> I'm like, I don't want to tell them unless I know it.
1: So okay. what happens after we talk? Typically apologies, right? are made. Yes. That's the fun part.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's number four.
0: And then reconciliation, some sort of resolve. Yes. The apology needs to have typically, at least for me, a follow up of like making it right. Reconciliation. Yeah, I like
1: that reconciliation. This is where you say, hey, I know I messed up. This is what I'm going to do to fix it. Yeah. So our conflict uh, cycle, how we define it right now is conflict reaction right it's brought up you talk about it like you kind of go into the depth why it upset you how it hurt you fourth is the hopefully apology like you know one or the other person is just like hey i did do that i am sorry it's not a defense Mm -hmm. it is an acknowledgement that you that you caused conflict and then the fifth one is reconciliation hey i know this really upset you i feel horrible about it do you forgive me will you forgive me? And then here's what I'm going to do yeah. to amend the situation. So good. Okay. So a lot of people think, and on my conflict cycle, what I'm about to show the camera is on your path of maturity as a relationship, and I'm going to show the camera as a horizontal line to the right. And as you grow older, right, as you grow closer, you think that you get to this magical place of no conflict. Yeah, exactly. We both know each other. We're perfect human beings. And so we no longer have conflict. This
0: person never annoys me. Yes. All good and kosher. We're
1: good at relationship. We're Gucci.
0: Perfect communication. We're Gucci.
1: This does not exist. Yeah. So, what I learned and what really changed my definition is. Instead of it going just directly to the right.
0: Like horizontal. Yes. On this line. Yeah.
1: Maturity is actually a 45 degree line.
0: I- ideally, if you're both willing to work at it. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. And we're going to talk about this. And you start with a big circle. Like the first time you go through conflict, it's new. You you don't you're know that this upsets them.
0: Working it out. Yeah, yeah. The
1: other person doesn't know whether or not you really understand what they're saying. And when you apologize, you're making new amendments for the first time. So hopefully in your maturity cycle, you're still going through the same steps. One, two, three, four, five, conflict, reaction, talking, apology, reconciliation. But hopefully as you guys go through time, you build trust. You know each other. You know this conflict. And you know, most importantly, that. They're going to do what they say. And two, you know, their apology, they really mean it. And three, you know, like you're in this together. And so I'm showing the camera again, what maturity actually looks like in a relationship with the conflict cycle is actually it's 45 degrees up. And when you guys get more mature, when both sides are tackling their stuff and coming to the table, willing to work on it, your conflict cycle starts to get smaller Your resolution the time it takes you to to resolve your conflict gets smaller and smaller
0: yeah we we it's really small for us now yeah Yeah. oh
1: baby i am so sorry i know that really bothers you yeah i totally forgot about that i'm gonna do it first thing once i finish this and we'll be good and Mm -hmm. you say okay thanks baby thanks for apologizing sure i know you didn't yeah it's that.
0: much smaller exactly Typically, yeah. yeah
1: and then what happens is and what i was just referring to is if you are in a relationship and you guys are just kind of stuck here especially if one in the earlier stage, yeah, like in the earlier circle. stages it just takes you a long time to get through conflict like abnormally long you yes. don't build trust one or both parties is just not willing to tackle trauma triggers or things that really upset them.
0: It's probably a lot of stubbornness.
1: Yeah. It's just it's just an unwillingness to grow as a partner in yeah. the relationship.
0: Or you're stuck. Like you may want to grow, but you're stuck. And there you have to try something new, get mm-hmm. some new counsel, advice. Like yeah. you have to try something new if you're really, really stuck in your cycle. Yes. Which can happen. It still doesn't mean your relationship is completely doomed. You no. just you have to. You have to both be willing to fight for whatever tools are necessary because conflict can create a lot of resentment and a lot of pain in the relationship. Yeah. If not continued to be worked on. Um,
1: and the, well, the, the, the heart, process at least I'm a little bit more on the harsh reality is like, there's some conflict and some trauma and some woundings that have to be tackled. Maybe in singleness. Hmm. Like, if you find yourself and you guys are just stuck in this conflict cycle, it's oh, been six months to yeah. a year, your partner or you just cannot get that breakthrough.
0: Maybe you need to a break and or a breakup. I agree with you. Honey. Yeah. That's so, good. yeah,
1: that's just my um, hope with that conflict cycle. And what's normal is you're guaranteed that conflict and that yeah. conflict cycle.
0: That's really you just awesome. get to
1: choose who you do it with for the rest yeah. of your
0: life. That's a, that was a great model. So um, you guys should go watch it on YouTube so you can see the model that JJ just demonstrated. So we're gonna go through a few other tools in this episode and things that have helped us. Um, a reminder and recap is that in terms of attachment woundings and some trauma, I am anxious-leaning, which means I don't like disconnection, I don't like unresolved. Conflict. I don't like feeling unheard. I want to resolve things right away. JJ is pretty secure, actually, but he does have an avoidant leaning tendency, especially I would say in conflict. <laughs> um, typically, right, honey? Yeah, I've got to speak for you.
1: <laughs> if Godzilla's out, then yeah, sometimes.
0: <laughs> well, let's tell them this. So I heard this a while ago, <laughs> years ago, from somebody who I really, really trust who's actually been on the podcast, but there's this analogy of like in conflict that oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes someone is the is Godzilla and the other person is a porcupine. And it's the, it's the idea that, you know, one person wants to come at the co- conflict. So the Godzilla is the person who wants to. Who kind of comes at you. They want to figure it all out right then and there. They're not afraid of conflict. Well, they may not like it, but they're not afraid of hashing it out and getting it over and done with sooner than later. They're like, let's do this right now. And they often will be pretty, can be aggressive sometimes. Okay. It depends. The porcupine is a little bit more like, I want to keep to my little self, but if, if not, if not properly respected and given, it's time it will be prickly and it's like it's little things come out and it's all of a sudden like those little i don't know what you call them the sharp things and it's really frustrated it's like and it will be sharp and it's like oh you're trying to come at me here's my little porcupine and i'm not gonna move yeah so don't come near me it can (laughs) be like a
1: it's like a response right like it fills the predator yes you know, coming in
0: exactly and exactly like, so i am absolutely a godzilla i am like what would you say let's do it right now let's come at it let's <laughs> figure this out i need to know right now if we're okay i need you to hear me right here and now like i don't know why i sound so aggressive suddenly it's right like, there but <laughs> like,
1: well that's kind of a pretty good impersonation i'm, chan- of, I'm channeling of, uh, the godzilla yeah. It's like the whole place goes on lockdown. It's like, we're going to figure this out. I'm like, like
0: fi- suddenly fire, doors close. fire is like, coming out of my mouth.
1: You thought you were leaving at nine o'clock tonight? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny.
0: <laughs> because I'm just getting started. No. <laughs> <I'm just kidding.
1: laughs> so what would you give?
0: So advice for the Godzilla mm-hmm. is... For me, obviously we talked about how a fight and fight response, and this is a fight response mm-hmm. typically. And it's like, let me go to battle. Let's figure it out. Let's, I'm going to give you all the facts and I'm going to come at you. I'm going to try to make you resolve it with me. And- We talked how last week when you are in a trigger, which normally Godzillas are a bit triggered when they're coming at you like a Godzilla, Mm -hmm. when you're triggered, nothing good and productive is going to happen. So really for a Godzilla, you really need that space to calm down. You said it last week, babe, that like you need 20 minutes to like even 60 minutes sometimes to really calm Mm -hmm. yourself down. If you are really getting into that zone of Godzilla energy and the other person is like, no, I'm not here for it. Like now you're triggering them most likely with how much you're coming at them. And so nothing good is going to happen. You have to say, okay, this is, if I keep pushing for it, what I've noticed, if I keep pushing for it, because my anxious wounding is like, I want the resolve as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. I feel completely naked and not, and not, um, and not, safe without the resolve and so i i have to tell myself first of all i need to say like remind myself of some logic if i can like nothing good is going to happen i know the pattern here Mm -hmm. if i keep coming at it if i keep trying to make it he's going to feel squashed he's going to feel potentially resentful towards me after it's it's not going to be what i want he might say what i want in this moment but it might be to just appease (laughs) me it's not because there's true resolve happening yeah because like that godzilla may do that they may come at you so much so that eventually the person is like fine I'll just say whatever you want to hear but they're not meaning it they're just defeated they're like this is the only way I could get the Godzilla to stop running at me Oh yeah, and attacking so if you're the Godzilla you need to recognize like it's not you have to wanting resolve sooner than later is okay but if you are trying to get it in a triggered state and you are coming at somebody it's not the ideal timing timing sometimes is everything when In conflict and when you are triggered, especially. Oh, for sure.
1: I mean, I have a good friend. Their rule is, um, if you're bringing up offense, Hmm. like it, it has to be in a safe environment. Like, and you cannot bring um, your offense to the table if somebody else is coming to you with theirs. Oh, so you can't respond to Godzilla. Um, Obviously, we'll get into this later. But in my advice to the porcupine is, don't respond to Godzilla with Godzilla Mm -hmm. (laughs) first. Those are those messy fights. And I think we've all, you know, if you've been in a relationship for, you know, at any point in time, those are the messy ones. Those are the hard ones. Yeah. But my advice for the porcupine, and just to be clear, this is not a list of do's and don'ts. These are uh, lessons that Kate and I have learned as that role and advice for ourselves that we think yeah. might be helpful for you guys. Yeah. So my advice for me as the porcupine <laughs> is um, have courage like have courage like stand in there don't suppress your feelings don't just turn off because she is being Godzilla and just going off um like have courage stand in the gap come with your feelings like be very knowledgeable about your feelings don't just suppress them and then just appease her and say what she wants to hear and then get out of the conflict like stand in the gap like show up well and also show up with compassion for the other person, like that is the moment for you to show up well for them and support them, to validate their feelings and work through the conflict together, even if you don't feel like it in that moment. Now, if you are a true porcupine and you, you need time to process, then the advice there is different, right? You have to find a way to kind of safe in the conversation and then also say, hey, I, I just really need time or space to process this can we align on a time tonight, yes. tomorrow to talk about this?
0: I think another important part is to say, I see this is really important for you to That's resolve. A one. And I want you to know that I also want to resolve yeah. this. I am not, I'm not feeling in a place as though I can resolve it right now, mm-hmm. but I do want to. Yes. And does tomorrow afternoon sound L- good? Literally you? pull
1: out your phone and say, does tomorrow at 9am over coffee sound good to you? And then send them a calendar invite right there on the spot. and meet them at 9 a.m.
0: And that's important for the Godzilla. The Godzilla wants resolve. They want to feel heard. Mm-hmm. They want they want it to happen then and there. And they're often coming at you because they're afraid that they're not going to get one of those things. They're not going to get emotional safety. You're not going to hear them. Yeah. Like blah, 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 blah. So it's really important. Like the Godzilla, me, I have to say, okay. And it, this is really hard in the very beginning when you start conflict because you're like, will you follow up? Like, will you Yeah. Yeah, it's part through. of the trust
1: part. Yeah. Trust it's building. building trust. And mm. so
0: if you are a Godzilla, or if you lean like me, you want to resolve it right away, then it's really important to express like, Hey, I don't, I really, uh, it, yes, I, I don't want to come at you and I need to work on that. And I will own that as my part. Something that would really help me is I'm often doing that. I know myself because I want resolve sooner than later. Mm -hmm. And I want to honor that you need a little more time and space to process, which is hard for me, but I really do want to respect your process. What is important for me, what would make me feel really safe is if we could, if you would lead setting up a time to resolve it and follow through with that
1: yes and so yeah there's a couple different if you have a godzilla on one end there's a couple different you know tactics or depending on your personality i personally i'm okay resolving conflict on the spot mm-hmm. i'm totally cool with that or yeah, if the other person
0: typically but yeah yeah
1: or if the other person needs space or time like we are listening to these other couples talking about their conflict And there's one wife who was like, honestly, I need anywhere from a few hours to like a day before I can resolve it and talk about it. And I was like laughing to myself. I'm like, honestly, (laughs) I wish Kate would be like, I need to talk about this tomorrow. And I'd be like, okay, sounds good. (laughs) I would just keep rolling on with my life. (laughs) I wish you would say like, I need a day to think and process this. I'd be like, all right. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, I'll talk to you then. (laughs) But anyway, it just depends on you know, there's two people present. And so there's a lot of advice right there. I personally, we're going to talk about maybe you're a Godzilla and you have a Godzilla on the other end. Yeah. Lord bless you. <laughs> um, there's some good Lord advice coming up. <laughs> Lord keep, keep you. <laughs> we, we'll have some advice there, but I think there's also some gender roles here too at play.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about that really quick. So this Gender roles, less gender roles, and more so men and women generic differences and genetic, generic,
1: oh, just like in gender general. differences.
0: Okay, now <laughs> this is not prescriptive. Okay, it's not always like this, but so like for all my feminists listening, I love you. You, you may or may not be this way, but um. <laughs> But here's the thing is that this is just what I often find to be true with a lot of women I know, with a lot of guys I know.
1: Yeah, this was literally in our community group, For, the same theme, which yeah. just heard over and over. Yeah.
0: So typically women want to be heard. They, they're they the kind of people where they want you, they're going to express and share a lot of their feelings, probably externally processed a lot of the time, again, not everyone. And they want you when they're doing that, they want you to sit on it basically like the couch style. They want you to sit on the couch, put your arm around them and just listen. What they don't necessarily want is for you to judge it or for you to fix it. This is specifically, this is with, when they're talking about things outside of your relationship, or if they're talking with you, they don't even necessarily want you to fix it, right? It could be Mm -hmm. something like, can you just listen? I just want you to like even the listening is helping me right now, making me feel like comforted and safe. Yeah. And and that is a mistake we sometimes make because guys tend to want to be Mr. Fix-It and they want to use their logic and reasoning and like that doesn't make any sense. And if you say that to a girl <laughs> who's in her feels, she's going to be like, what? <laughs> her crazy eyes start coming out. She's like. I'm sorry. Basically, what?
1: if she walks that whole problem and you say, okay, sounds good. Here's how you fix it. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: failed. Oh, my gosh. Or if you just say, okay, sounds good. I'm like,
1: Be nothing. Like, wow. Because okay. <laughs> one of the couples yeah.
0: said, <laughs> and this is so sweet. Um, but she wants to process a lot. And then he's like, yeah, cool. Yeah. And it reminded yeah. me of you, babe, how you're like, okay, sounds good. And I'm like, that, you didn't Makes her so anything. mad. So, Men on the other side. Well, how okay, about, go ahead. why don't
1: we give them some phrases? What are, if you're a man sitting here or if you're the person who needs to just be heard, what do you like to hear back?
0: Well, one thing is if you're a guy, you're like, I do have some advice, but you know, this is a great rule in general. You ask permission before you give advice. And if you're not sure what she wants from you, ask it earlier in the conversation. Hey, this is That's really, in, I can see this is really important to you. Mm-hmm. And I, I just want to understand what you best would want from me right now
1: do you want me to just listen or and i do this you for like you me too to give right? you advice like yeah you do and i'm like obviously give me advice <laughs> and you're like okay i'm like why <laughs> but else? there
0: is sometimes where you don't want my advice
1: well that's when i don't like your advice
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow
1: you're well like, actually then. your boss is right about that i'm like no <laughs> I'm, like, I'm
0: right i'm like mm, yeah she'll side take on his side. Yeah,
1: i don't like it when you don't take my side okay well that's side.
0: the problem because i'm giving you anyway anyway so
1: i think you like to you love to be told especially if i'm just listening like oh honey that sounds so hard
0: yeah it sounds so hard what do you have
1: been really difficult for you
0: yeah exactly and exactly. she's
1: like <laughs> she's like so hard it's like an IV of affirmation and feeling comforted man honey i'm so proud of how you didn't lose your cool right there and cuss her out
0: (laughs) what (laughs) i don't cuss women out oh my gosh but
1: anyway that's the kind of like affirmation and Listening ear that you're looking for, right?
0: Yeah. And you have to tell someone can tell when you're not actively listening. Oh, that's another one too. You got to be actively listening. Okay. Like I sometimes, and people have called me out for this, I'm an overactive listener sometimes. I'm like, "Mm, yeah. mm." And I've gotten a few reviews on the podcast of people like Kate, mm, too much. I'm like, I'm just an active listener. Okay sue me for mm-hmm. it but um, mm-hmm. actively listening means like nodding paying attention like oh wow like and you know when you're actively listening and when you're not actively listening yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> mm. So let's get into the male dynamic again this is do you want to explain the guy dynamic?
1: Yeah we're a little bit more simple
0: uh, uh, <laughs> okay I'm
1: kidding. i think men do want to be respected Mm -hmm. at the end of the day they want you to listen and then often give advice yeah or you know kind of like weigh in on the solution yeah like if i share something and it feels really good if you agree with our solution (laughs) (laughs) now a, a wise partner will hear the other person and say oh i totally understand that you might feel that way yeah but there is like, you might be wrong here. Yeah. And here's why, <laughs> but I totally understand why you feel that way. Yes. And I'd be like, Oh, okay.
0: And again, I still think even for guys, as a woman, it's still important to ask permission before you give advice because it's just always better to like, it does a person really want your advice or not? That's
1: probably gender neutral. Uh, yeah. What do you need from me here? Do you need me to just listen? Do you need me to give advice and so forth? But I love it when you ask that it's very nice and I could do a better job of it.
0: Yeah. So that, that's another thing to just keep in mind Mm -hmm. for guys. I see often if they've never really been in a relationship and all of a sudden, like so many things are coming up and the woman is like having all these feelings, like he feels like overwhelmed, like he has to fix it all, like be logical and Mr. Fix it. And sometimes honestly, Here's the deal. This is the magic key for some of the guys living. Sometimes if you just listen and let her say all she needs to say Mm -hmm. and just like provide space for her and even say, wow, that that sounds like it must be really, really hard. Yeah. Sometimes that is all she really needs.
1: Dude, we'll get into this. Uh, Like seriously. Yeah. Validating (laughs) is like a magic key. Key. Just validate their feelings. Mm -hmm. It is so valid that you feel that way. Yeah, you know, I totally understand why you feel that way.
0: Well, and you may not even understand. So you may not even say, I understand, Yeah, but you can say, well, you your feeling is say, very real because yeah. the feelings do feel real. Anybody's feelings are going to feel very real to them.
1: That's true. And, and so what's nice is, and we'll go back to like the conflict cycle here and the Godzilla. One of the most important things you can do, especially if somebody's maybe explaining these things or somebody is triggered they can't really fully think logically or rationally, especially it's kind of funny too. When you, when you describe a problem at work or something, if I get amped up about it, I'm typically not being very rational or logical. <laughs> so when you come at me with a right answer, like, Oh, you're, your boss is actually right about this. I'm still in my feelings. And so I'm, I'm probably not coming at it like completely rationally, right? I'm biased and I'm, I'm upset. So the most important thing is called, we call this finding a safe space,
0: finding safe space. Yes. And how would
1: you define that in your safe space
0: is a place where you can calm down or make space to calm down through a trigger so that you are not, um, attacking one another, which Mm -hmm. never actually resolves a problem. So there is, I wish we could do another drawing, but if you can picture it hopefully in your mind you when we we call it slinging mud and you often call it that yeah but when you are not in a place of safe space, the person might be spiraling more and more and more. And the Mm -hmm. other person is now spiraling because what's happening is there is a problem. What causes a conflict is some sort of problem, but the problem, this needs to be clear. The problem is not your partner. The problem is the problem. We often confuse the problem for being the partner, but there is a separate problem. If you were choosing to be,
1: even if the partner caused the problem, they are still not the problem. There
0: is a pro. Yes. There exactly. is a
1: problem, but you have to separate the problem from the person. Because
0: otherwise, you will attack, the person. attack them, get really resentful towards them, mm-hmm. mistreat them, lots of things. So it's a big key. There is a problem. Your partner is not the problem. They may have contributed to it. Oh,
1: yeah. But or most, they're responsible yeah, for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But there
0: is a problem. So when you're slinging mud, there's a problem. Picture this big, like, object in the middle. And um, you're on one side and your partner's on the other side and you're both trying to quote unquote hit the problem in the middle. But when you're on opposite sides, what happens and you're trying to hit it, let's say with mud, you are like you're missing the problem. You're just hitting your partner. Mm -hmm. You're just like this word, this phrase, whatever. I'm not even hitting the problem. I'm hitting my partner because we're not actually on a team. When you get to safe space and when you can find the safe space, you and your partner get to the same side Mm -hmm. and you together stop looking at each other as the problem and start looking on the same team at the problem and are like, okay, You're not the problem. I'm not the problem. We may have contributed to this. And we're a team here. But let's, as a team, sling mud at the problem and get that thing out of the way as a team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And do not get caught in the crosshairs. Like when that problem is in between you, that's the quote, getting caught in the crosshairs. Mm -hmm. It's like you're, you know, like the sniper
0: Mm -hmm. crosshairs.
1: Like don't get caught, Yeah, you know. And then um, what I do to encourage this safe space is one, you totally validate their feelings. When they come at you, no matter how hot, hey, your feelings are totally valid. And yes. I said this the other night, like even if there's a bone in my body that doesn't understand how.
0: Or many bones that <laughs> yeah. says none of this Or makes where any you're sense. coming
1: from or why you're acting like this. I can still say the phrase your feelings are valid and it is completely true and it's very disarming to the other person like oh they believe me like I don't have to go through x y and z and really harp and explain like they believe me that my feelings are valid. Another thing that is super important when somebody's slinging mud at you or there's a Godzilla on the other end and they're saying things do not get sucked into the vortex. Yeah. It is so easy, and that's probably your pride. Like, you have to separate from your pride. They are not insulting you, your ego. They are not coming at you. Like, it is trauma and Mm -hmm. triggers on their end flaring up, but it is not about you. Those insults, and they can't even throw insults at you. They're not personal, it is not about you. Like it is, they're in their little sandpit, throwing a fit, you know, doing these things and and you can have compassion for them instead of taking it personal.
0: Because remember, like we talked about last time, sometimes a lot of times the problem has to do with a trauma trigger from the past and doesn't necessarily have to do with this person. Neither one of us are saying it's right. Like for if someone has a trauma trigger and they suddenly are saying or doing things that are wrong, it's just important to remember that oftentimes If you can tap into a place of compassion, if you can calm yourself and try to get onto their team, because if they're in a trauma trigger and they're flailing their arms, they don't have a lot of control over it. If you can say things and move towards safe space or remind them, and this is already when you've like built in this model, you have to talk about Mm -hmm. wanting to do this model together in order for you both to like know that this model exists and that you want to get to that place because the idea is, okay, we're slinging mud and we're making each other the problem and we need to instead get on the same team, even reminding the other person like, Hey, I, I am on your team. Yeah. I, how can I better be on your team right now? I'm really like, I'm really having a hard time. Like I have to say that sometimes uh-huh. too. I'm like, I am on your team yes. or you remind me of it too as well. Yeah.
1: And, uh, and this just occurred to me, we can do a whole nother episode on this, <laughs> but if you're struggling to share your feelings about the other person, one super important thing to keep in mind is never say like, you are this. Oh, um, You like labeling because that is judgment. That is like the hallmark sign of judging somebody and Mm. assigning to them what you can say and what really changed how I communicate these things is I experienced you as this. Mm. So I'm not saying, hey, you're selfish. I'm saying, hey, in this moment, because of what you did and how it felt for me, I experienced you as selfish
0: Or you can say I or you could also flip it and say like this is this is like owning it for yourself of saying like the way you are responding right now is making me feel really X, Y, Z. And it's 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 a um, it's making me it very hard for me to approach the conversation because I'm feeling and I'm experiencing you as being very selfish. And that is is making me feel like it's not a safe space mm-hmm. and so i don't know i'm having a really hard time personally wanting to resolve and i do i know that in there i do want to resolve
1: that's a good one yeah that's a good one or you on or you maybe unravel have you said this to me like this hey baby blah blah, blah. you make a really nice and sweet it's very disarming and you're like that is a way i really could have received it and the other person's like okay yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Um, so I think, by far and away, for safe space, the number one goal is um, disarming. Mm-hmm. That's typically through validation, just disarming. And then to picture not their getting,
0: child, like the little I do child that in them, like I do that. that's like scared or feeling or yeah. like feeling alone, and like that's what you have to picture. Like there's something inside of this person right now that feels a lot of shame, that feels a lot of anger, mm-hmm. that feels alone, that feels unhurt, yeah. and like when you might be acting that way, or especially I when do, I am, like I do yeah, do you do. Yeah. You picture like that part of because
1: it um it helps me personally unlock empathy. Mm -hmm. and two it helps me kind of uh yeah like second unlock compassion like Mm -hmm. when that seven-year-old girl is yelling insults at me like I'm not going to take them as seriously (laughs) like the insult Mm parts and I'm just going to have more compassion for the pain the trigger that led us to that moment and then what I can do to kind of resolve it and you don't you don't view them as a kid in like a derogatory sense like you're being such a seven-year-old throwing a fit oh yeah you know it's like a seven-year-old like there's something that happened that's, here. There's something a lot more pain. deep going on here yeah. that I can really use this as an opportunity to speak into with yeah. truth and love and grace. And that is so binding. It's so healthy. And that's been really sweet. I don't, I don't love any of the fights that we've gone through, but I love the reconciliation that we've been able to walk through Yeah, and kidding. the trust that we've built. Like, you know, I got your back. You know, I'm not leaving you yeah. even if I have to go out and like, you know, calm down, like, you know, I'm coming back and that comes with security over time in a relationship. Yes. You know, obviously it's not going to be there in the second fight. Yes. So I hope that's encouraging for you guys. I um, think
0: some keys I would just add, honey, in that is that you have to, both people have to be willing to not think of the other person as the problem and mm-hmm. want to work on figuring out what the problem is as a team. And both people have to be willing to work on what they're contributing to the problem. Oh, yeah. Because, and we often do, we talk about this, we can't even, we don't have the time to go into like apologies and the art of apologies. We'll
1: do another one on that.
0: At some point. Yeah. Yeah. Because one important part of the fight, fighting process, fighting fair process is to not just look for the one thing you disagree with Uh or for all the things you disagree with, but look for the one thing you can get on board with.
1: Oh, yeah. That's
0: And that's a game changer. That definitely (laughs)
1: changes conflict. Another one is like defining the conflict cycle and defining an apology. Because guess what? Oh, I have another one.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, here's a fun one. And we'll talk about this more. You learn how to apologize from your parents. Yeah. (laughs) So if your parents are really great at apology, which I'm sure is very rare. Like there's a whole an apology in itself. There's five steps to it, according to Gary Chapman.
0: Yeah.
1: Like I learned how to apologize. And if you think about it, think about Your dad or your mom, those few times or many times that they apologize, that's where you learn it from. Like Mm -hmm. you see it in culture, but you don't really learn. You learn it from the conflict that you saw growing up.
0: Gosh, I just need to say one additional thing. This was huge. I dated someone years ago and this was really hard for us. He always expected me to apologize first because in his mind, he saw that I was 60, 70% of the problem. And though he caused... Stuff to the problem, he wouldn't ever apologize first. Yeah. And that's a big part of conflict and resolving conflict as well is to not look at which percent, how much percentage yeah. you are you you so contributed good. and like, cause you're weighing it obviously just based on yourself. But if yeah. you're like, well, I only contributed 30 to 40% and they contributed 60% or 70% in your mind from your perspective. And you're like, I'm not apologizing first. They have to, yep. um, it's, that's a horrible way to also do conflict. It's not a godly way to do conflict because you have to be able to be humble, lay down your life for this other person for and sure. say, I'm really sorry for my part and how I caused you, even if the other person was 80% wrong. Like, of yeah, course. And it,
1: it can be true. Yes. But I, it's, um, it, that is such a good point. Ooh, it's
0: such a hard piece of You're advice. on the
1: same team. Yes. And when you are on a sports team, like we all love sports in America, <laughs> when your team loses, you all lose. And even yeah. if the quarterback threw five picks, like there might have been some catches or assignments or things that you could have done better and you all lose, you still feel the sing, sting of a loss and there's not, and there's the shared loss together. It's the same thing in conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a team sport conflict as a team sport So you cannot look at, oh, you contributed 70. I contributed 30. I'm only going to apologize 30% of the way and the rest is on you.
0: Right. Horrible way to do it. And that I see trips coupled up a lot. Mm. That has tripped me up a lot of like, but like, you know, you both have to be willing to apologize because if the other person, if you are always finding that you are contributing 40% of the problem and you're always the one apologizing and they don't apologize, yeah. like that is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so they it, both, takes,
1: it just takes a lot of humility. Yeah.
0: It's again, a team effort. Yeah. Another huge thing that's helped us in this process. This is the last one. Yeah. The last thing for fighting fair is having fighting non-negotiables. I would say this is for people when you are getting more developed, when you are in a relationship really serious yeah. and there is conflict. I mean, if married people can even listen to this, this is helpful advice, but we learned this in premarital and I think it's very, very helpful mm-hmm. to have um, fighting non-negotiables. So knowing your unique DNA, both partners' unique DNA, what is an absolute no-no for you in a fight and both establishing. Establishing what
1: those things are. Mm. So, should we give Mars? Yeah, and the, you guys can come up with your own. Obviously, yeah. This is just the ones that we use. A big one's no profanity. Yeah. The why behind I. The why behind that one is, um, you just you lose a lot of respect for somebody who doesn't have self control, yeah. including their tongue, and so when they start, you know, dropping any kind of curse words, like small or large, uh, in degree. You just lose respect. Like you logically, you just can't have a safe conversation. It's a hallmark sign that the other person doesn't have self-control and is not in a place to calmly talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so no profanity.
0: Yep. Another one is, this one was for me mainly, no threatening to leave the relationship. I would say similarly though, no leaving in the middle of conflict. Oh yeah. Like without... any like storming off like but also no threatening to leave this was a big one for my anxious style that was really hard unfortunately it was like something i used to use a lot in past relationships and it came up a little bit for us too but no threatening to leave the relationship mm-hmm. especially at this point
1: this looks yeah some people think because of what they learn it's okay to just storm off in the middle don't say any words and just slam the door behind them yeah yeah or even if that's at the end, like you know, I think leaving or threatening to leave. And when we say threaten to leave, like I will leave this relationship, you know. Yeah. I will I will leave, leave you. Or, yeah. Yeah. Like this is definitely in the in you know, I will break off the engagement if you don't, you know, like it's just is that really how you want to conduct your conflict with threats and especially a threat to leave? Like that for me is super deflating. Like Really, after everything, yeah, like we're just gonna toss in the towel on this one conflict, mm-hmm. you know. And then the last one, this one was m- more for you because I would do it <laughs> no laughing. <laughs> and I learned this too growing up. Like, if somebody's acting cray cray over there and they say something that no matter how illogical from your point is, like, do not laugh, like, don't laugh, like, it's not a laughing matter. And, and some
0: people have a reflex of like uncomfortable things make them want to laugh.
1: I do, you do that too sometimes. sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I get really upset and she just she <laughs> uh,
0: it is <laughs> funny. No. It's a joke. Laughing is awful. That one for me was a, a really big no-go because of my abusive relationship and like laughing just it's like mockery. Yeah, it feels like Especially laughing if the other person is crying, oh my gosh, that yeah. one I just can't even handle if you're like <laughs> you're lie- like you're crying right now. Uh-huh. Like anything of that nature like just is a no- go.
1: <laughs> we don't have this one, but another good one I heard is um, they're non-negotiable is if something's not okay, like you're upset about something, this is maybe for two avoidance. You're not allowed to say, I'm fine. And then have the other person ask a follow-up question, like, are you really fine? and play that game. <laughs> if you're if it's not fine, one of their non-negotiables is you have to communicate it's not fine. That's if good. someone asks you a question, now you don't have to resolve it. You don't have to go through the conflicts yeah, in that moment. You can do it later and we're gonna have a we're gonna have like a Ending cliffhanger question but uh for you guys to answer. But that's really cool because you have to communicate and be honest with how you feel, but you don't have to resolve it in that moment. If you're a processor, you can't have space and time to come back to the table. Now, to close, and this is so funny because I hear it and I'm like, "Uh," Yeah. Do we agree about or do we agree on the phrase do not let the sun go down while it's in the Bible on your anger?
0: But I, I don't agree with that. I think the heart behind that, even in the Bible is to not allow conflict to go unresolved and untalked about. Mm. And yeah, but I, I sometimes believe And I believe that's something you can do and that is helpful. I mean, we don't know what it's like fully because you and I aren't married yet. We Mm -hmm. haven't slept in the same bed. We don't know what it's like to be like mad right before bed. Like we, I don't know. We will find out more about this. Right. But my initial take is you, you want to, as much as possible, like remind the person I'm on your team and I love you. And I, I do need some time or overnight to think about this or calm myself Mm -hmm. down, especially if it's late at night or whatever, whatever. And then, so in that case, I am okay with it being talked about the next day. I think what's important here is like the posture of the seeking and wanting to resolve and then actually doing it. Absolutely. Is that, do you agree, babe? Correct. (laughs) (laughs) It's because but-
1: the phrase is don't let the sun go down on your unresolved conflict. Yes. <laughs> the phrase is don't let the sun go down on your anger. And you can have the absence of anger, right? Mm. Peace of some sort good, in unresolved conflict. And that is super, super important. Yeah. You sometimes, the more you work into that secure, you have to be okay with things maybe not being okay in that moment. Yeah, because that's life.
0: It is life. That's I've-
1: life. And that is that is the peace, I think, that God and the Holy Spirit provides us, that perfect peace that surpasses all knowledge and understanding mm-hmm. that whether Paul's in the prison cell or Christ is, you know, on Golgotha, like, there is that peace that we know is attained when things are absolutely not okay in life that you can still have peace. So don't let the sun go down in anger. I think it's important to discuss that anger like have that anger talked about it is known it is it is it is brought to god Mm -hmm. it is like acknowledged it's not festered but is not synonymous with resolving all conflict because then you're like after 10 o'clock at night that's another rule that we had Oh yeah, No conflict after 10 p.m. That's right. We don't, we don't really, really have this problem anywhere.
0: anymore. But in the beginning, like with when things were like we were working on our conflict cycle, it would be like a downward spiral. Yeah. Like,
1: dude, this is like conflict <laughs> after 10 o'clock, nine o'clock, not whatever. Year, it's just is not a good day. It never goes well. No. So I don't think that's the scriptures intentions there either. It's not saying stay up till every minute it takes to resolve conflict. It's, I think
0: it's humble yourself to get on the same team
1: mm-hmm.
0: and be committed to working through it. Yeah. And like expressing, I mean, even if you may not feel like you love that partner in the moment, but like, I love you and we're on the same team. Yeah. I'm really frustrated right now. And, um, yeah, we're going to resolve this. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's the important part. Post- sure. Obviously I didn't write this first, but that's, that's what I great. think is the, the more important. Cause your partner part
1: can't like, are they going to fight against that? You know, like, this is the most important thing for me to figure out tomorrow. Yeah. I would love some time. And I know you're still upset. You might be still pissed at me. Yeah. But you you are going to have to find a way to be okay with things not being okay. Yeah. And you're going to have to be able to go to bed. Um, that is just life. Mm-hmm. So, I hope that was helpful for you guys. This is all of these are supposed to be short episodes. They're all supposed to be like what forty minutes?
0: Yeah, there's no way because there's so much that yeah. we have to say and um, so much we've personally learned. Mm. So thank you guys for listening to Fighting Fair. It's obviously something that we've worked through and our conflict cycle is so much better now than it ever was. Oh, yeah. There was some times, like we'll be honest, in the midway that it was especially when I was going through depression, like it was there were some rough patches. Oh, we'll yeah. we'll get real and honest about those. I I know even more.
1: But Dude, there's like SOS. <laughs> Yeah, Like I'm on the beach. And and we're really bonfire. grateful
0: we did have some people pouring into us. I think we wouldn't have made it through our relationship without some really key Not a chance. mentors yeah. helping us through some of this conflict.
1: And the most important by far and away, and I don't know if we referenced this enough in the last one, is like if you don't have a foundation of grace and you don't have a foundation of leaning on Holy Spirit and like leaning on god for that empathy that compassion for the humility right to really humble yourself in conflict you will fail yeah like it just is i don't it's so true i don't think it's possible yeah so that is by far and away the most because that's what really glorifies god you can use even conflict yes conflict as an opportunity to glorify god yeah isn't that awesome
0: Aren't you just awesome, you
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know about that, is. but you are. Okay.
0: Oh, I'm so attracted to you doing these episodes. You're such an awesome man. <laughs>
1: well, I'm always attracted to you, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, thank you. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. This was awesome.
0: It was so fun. We
1: love you guys. It's such an honor. Hey,
0: you guys. Oh, sorry, baby. I'm just cut you off. Go ahead.
1: Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just
0: gonna say you guys give JJ a shout out because he is doing this at nights on the weekends. Like he is pouring into Heart of Dating because you feel passionate about it, not because I'm like (laughs) gunky run forcing you. Or
1: else (laughs) have to.
0: No, he really wants to. That's your passion as well. And like it's a passion. God is like put in your heart, but you know, in order to do that, well, he's also working. We have to do it at nights, on the weekends. We have to like sacrifice some of our free time in order to do it, which is a joy, but yeah, definitely shout JJ out for <laughs> well, all of his funny extra hard work.
1: You, I You filmed this with me. You're in the same boat. Yeah, I
0: know, honey. <laughs>
1: I know. So, but I think for both of us, what's most fun and our encouragement for you guys is whatever opportunity that God has surfaced in your life. As an opportunity to steward and serve others. Do yep. it. Do it. Like do it. No matter how hard it is, do it. Yeah. So we love you guys. We thank you so much. And we pray that this helps you guys glorify God. And you're dating. And you're dating and, and yes, religion. even in conflict. Yeah, totally. So, all right. All right, guys. Bye bye. Bye.
0: The Heart of Dating podcast is created by Kate Warman. It is a part of the Converge Podcast Network. Our incredible editor is the one and only Scott Caro. Our theme music was developed by the amazing Christian Ledoux. Special shout out to Anjali Maga and Gabriella Asperu, who make this show possible each week and help to keep me sane. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, or if you've never written us a review or ranked us on iTunes, we'd encourage you to do so because it helps us so much to get this podcast into more people's ears. We launch our podcast each and every week on Wednesdays. So we'll see you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.